It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on the Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about a big win against the Big Red and Syracuse basketball recruiting. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and our guest today is SNY.TV basketball writer and friend of the show, Adam Zagoria. Adam, thanks so much for coming on again today. Anytime, Wes. How are we doing, buddy? Good. Everything's good, and uh, I-, I wanted to get you started on this, Adam. 2015 guard Franklin Howard is about to announce his decision on April 14th. He's considering Maryland, Georgetown, Ohio State, Virginia, NC State, and, of course, Syracuse. Uh, what type of player is Howard, and uh, what do you think in terms of his chances of going orange? Well, he's um, you know, a 6'4 shooting guard, Wes. He uh, missed this season. He had an ACL injury. Um, and I, I know um, I talked to co- the coach over there, Glenn Farella, and he said that, um, you know, obviously it would have helped him a lot to have played this year. Um, but, um, you know, he's a highly regarded player, six foot four shooting guard. Paul VI is a very um, well-respected program out of, out of Fairfax, Virginia. Um, they say he's going to be fully recovered from the injury. You know, high IQ guy, very competitive, knows how to win, um, kind of a combo guard. Um, I'm not really sure where he's leaning. I know he's considering a couple schools, you know, Maryland, Georgetown, Ohio State, Virginia, and NC State, as well as uh, the Qs. Well, let's talk uh, about a player that may come to Syracuse to a player uh, that is possibly leaving Syracuse, uh, Tyler Ennis. And you were on the Tyler Ennis bandwagon long before yeah, he was Yeah, he's not even possibly this. leaving. He's definitely leaving. Well, uh, I guess there's a little bit of speculation that he hasn't hired an agent yet, so Syracuse fans are hoping he comes back. But you heard Jim Beheim's comments on SportsCenter last week. What did you think of those comments in terms of uh, Tyler Ennis and and his ability to play in the NBA? Well, first, you're right. About the agent, I actually did speak to Tyler's father earlier today, Tony McIntyre, and he has not hired an agent yet. Um, I I still think he's going to come out. I mean, he's projected as a top uh, 10, 12, 14 type of pick. Um, as for what Beheim said, I mean, you know, uh, Jim's, uh, you know, a Hall of Fame coach. He's entitled to his opinion. Um, you know, he's probably right that, um, you know, Tyler could use another year to get stronger, more physically ready. But that said, you know, I don't think Jim comes off in the best light there. It sort of comes off like he's got a little sour grapes that, um, that Tyler's leaving. And, you know, probably he wanted him to stay and, and play the point for him next year. Um, but it's a tough situation when, when, you, when the money's out there and you're going to be a guaranteed lottery pick, um, you know, who of us would turn that down? Now, Adam, we know that C.J. Fair is definitely going to the NBA and Jeremy Grant possibly could go to the NBA. What do you think of the NBA futures for those two players? Well, I think Jeremy Grant should spend another year in school. He's, you know, he's, I don't think he's really ready and he didn't, you know, it's not like he blew up during the tournament. If they had made a big run and gotten to a Final Four and, and both Jeremy and Tyler had played well, you know, it would have helped both of them. Um, but, you know, I think eventually he is an NBA player, but I think he should come back. Um, you know, C.J. Fair, I'm not quite sure what his position is at the next level. I know that's what a lot of NBA guys say. I think he'll, you know, he'll get invited to some camps and he'll have a chance through summer league, you know, as a free agent to um, – you know, to, to make it. 
Well, let's just assume, uh, as, as we were talking about before, that Ennis is definitely headed to the NBA, hires an agent, and then that's that. You've actually spoken with Barry Connors, who coaches incoming Syracuse point guard Caleb Joseph at Cushing Academy. From what it sounds like, could Joseph step in right away and fill the void left by Ennis? Yeah, it's funny you mention that. Uh, I actually did speak to him recently, and he's, you know, he, he was funny. He understood that fans of Syracuse would be concerned um, about you know, losing Tyler, and, and he understands those concerns, but that he thinks um, Caleb is ready to step in. And um, you know, I have a post up on March 28th on Zag's blog about it. You know, he said the kid needs to work on his three-point game a little bit, but um, you know, he averaged, I think, 16, seven assists and five rebounds this year. Kids won two straight um, New England Class A championships, so he's a winner. Um, you know, works hard. Um, very, very versatile, athletic guard who can get to the rim. And, you know, he's got to get stronger, work on his three-point shot. I asked if he was as poised as Tyler, um, and he said at the level he plays at, you know, he is very poised. But, you know, all that said, he's got some big shoes to fill with Tyler Ennis. Adam, thanks so much for coming on today. Again, check out more of Adam Zagoria from zagsblock.com for hoops, recruiting, and rock and roll. Adam, pleasure as always, and we'll speak with you soon. Take care. My man, thanks, Wes. Take care. Always a pleasure to talk to Adam, and I also wanted to send an extra kudos his way for getting the inside scoop on the Raymond Felton story earlier in the year. I'm now joined by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, we'll, we'll get to lacrosse in a little bit, but I, I wanted to chat first about Tyler Ennis and Jeremy Grant. Uh, as we all know, Ennis declared for the NBA draft but hasn't hired an agent yet, while Grant is still mulling his decision. Multiple sources telling the Juice Online that Ennis has stopped attending classes while Grant is still going. Brad, this doesn't necessarily mean one, anything one way or the other, but it seems like we can at least read between the lines of what they're thinking right now. You can read between the lines when it comes to attending class, no doubt, for a player that's contemplating leaving versus one in Tyler Ennis who's already announced that he's leaving. But, Wes, let me add these important dates into the factor, and maybe we can read between the lines a little bit clearer. Today, actually, is a deadline for any player that wants to get an evaluation report from the NBA Undergraduate Advisory Committee, which is you know, a group of scouts and executives, which is going to tell that player where the NBA thinks are going to stand in terms of draft status. And uh, the players have to get that response back by next Monday, the 14th. Now, the next day, Tuesday, the 15th, is the day that any player, such as Tyler Ennis, which, who has already declared for the draft, can withdraw from the draft by next Tuesday if they've already declared. That does not apply at the present time to Jeremy Grant because he has not made his plans known. And then the key date is Sunday, April 27th. That is the day for the early entry players to decide if they indeed want to move ahead to the NBA draft. So as far as Jeremy Grant goes, really no benefit uh, in him making any public announcement before April 27th. If he and his family decide he's going to the NBA, then he knows willingly after the 15th he's gone and is giving up his eligibility, but it doesn't have to become public until actually the NBA releases the list of players who have declared and that's not until Friday, May 2nd. So those, that's the timeline, and maybe we can gain a little bit more perspective or a clearer picture by those dates as to what these two SU players are thinking. Obviously, a lot of Syracuse fans are hoping that these two players stay, and it seems that Tyler Ennis has made his 
I, I guess, his uh, intentions known that he's willing to go. But the fact that he hasn't signed with an NBA agent, just as you alluded to in those dates, I think that says something that, at the very least, he's at least giving second thought to possibly coming back to Syracuse, as opposed to Jeremy Grant. The writing is a little bit more on the wall based on what you just said on those dates and also the fact that he hasn't had a decision one way or the other. There, there seems to be two very distinct dynamics going on with the two of them. Right, and so the key date now, as far as Ennis's goes, is the 15th, next Tuesday, because uh, if he has not signed with an agent, as we know publicly if he hasn't, uh, then he could withdraw and come back to school for next season. So, Brad, now let's talk about Syracuse's big-time 14-9 win over Cornell at Ithaca yesterday. Brad, you mentioned last week that this lacrosse team kind of reminds you of Kentucky basketball and that all the right pieces seem to be coming together at the right moment, and what a big win for Randy Stats and company. Incredible that, that Stats uh, matched uh, his attack mate Dylan Donahue's mark with nine points in the win over Cordell on Tuesday night. And that the big three are really coming together statistically for the Orange, the big three attackmen, that is, Kevin Rice joining Donahue and Stats and supplying the Orange offense. And what a great uh, top trio of middies and Scott Lowley, Henry Schoonmaker, and Billy Ward. And it's really coming together on defense as well. Uh, and as I mentioned, uh, just like Kentucky en route to losing in the championship game <laughs> in basketball, big games all along to that point. And it continues for Syracuse, of course, with North Carolina coming up this weekend. And that really is the pivotal game. I know we'll talk more about that in a second. But then really interesting how the schedule also shakes out after the Carolina game, Wes, in that you have an upstate rival in Hobart who's really down this year, but it's a game in Geneva on the road. And then after the ACC uh, championship and showcase games, finishing up the year with Colgate. So kind of interesting how it's all going to weave together as the team is getting better uh, to really try to peak towards the NCAA tournament. You know, let's talk about Cornell for a little bit more because they're not exactly a slouch of a team either. You know, they, they went into last week 9-0, and and then they lost the game against Harvard and, of course, against Syracuse. But they look every bit the championship contender last week. And, Brad, you have to think that Syracuse does now, too. And, you know, we've given Chris Daddio some heat, and I know he's taken some heat from other media outlets. But, you know, he won 14 of 26 face-offs. So if you're going to hammer him for when he's down, you have to praise him when he does well. And he's been as good as anyone at the X over the last three games. Uh, coincidentally, three-game win streak. Uh, marked uh, improvement along with the rest of his teammates into what we've talked about is this stretch in which the Orange really look like they're forming into a, a contending team for a championship or at least a run for the championship. And, and he's the key. Obviously, as we've talked about all season, in lacrosse with the faceoff being so important, as Chris Daddio goes in the X, almost uh, it seems as the Orange are going to go uh, to follow. But give a lot of credit to his teammates, too, because it seems that they've had just the right angles on ground balls off of the faceoffs and the ability to uh, really control that ball uh, feeding off of what Daddio has been able to do. Brad, you looked a little bit forward before, but let, let's let's look more forward now because Syracuse, again, as you mentioned before, big-time match against North Carolina this weekend. The ACC tournament's actually nearby you in Chester, Pennsylvania, but the Orange is going to need to beat UNC and going to need to get a little bit of help from outside of that game to get there. How do you see Syracuse's game against North Carolina playing out, and do you see them making the ACC tournament? 
I, I think they have a really good chance because the game's back at home, 6 o'clock face-off in the Dome uh, on Saturday, and the way the team's been playing, uh, the defense giving up just you know 10 goals to Notre Dame, 8 against Binghamton, 9 Tuesday night against Cornell, coming together at that end. So I see a continued resurgence, a continued uh, great play for this team, and that would get them to 2-3 and three, uh, as a final uh, ACC uh, mark. And uh, the teams ahead of them, Notre Dame, 2-2, two and two, still has an ACC game left, and Syracuse would have the tiebreaker there. So this is a critical game, uh, a really a must-win for Syracuse then to get at least that four seed in the ACC championship. I really think they'd like to get Duke again, no doubt. Absolutely. Because let's yep. see if we can go up against a team that, you know, has handled us in the last couple of years. And you don't want to be stuck in that 5-6 ACC showcase game, just that one game sandwich right in the middle of the uh, of the tournament and you know the dirty little secret here for the EACC West is these, these tournaments play because everyone's RPI is going to get boosted when it comes time for NCAA tournament selection uh, because the teams have been so good in the ACC for the most part all year. Brad we're right at the end of our show your closing thoughts. I want to uh, shout out to uh, Syracuse Schedule Makers because according to FBSSchedules.com to Athletic Department Schedule Maker uh, Herm Frazier, looks like Colgate will be on the football schedule in September of 16. And I like that, Wes, because let's keep the money upstate. You have to schedule an FCS team, especially if the ACC goes to a, a nine-game league schedule. And why not do it against a great longtime upstate rival like Colgate? We'll bring plenty of fans up to the Dome from Hamilton, so I really applaud that move as an out-of-conference game in the future uh, football schedule. Brad, my closing thoughts are on former Big East rival Connecticut, who captured both the men and women's basketball titles this week. That's the first time it's happened since 2004 when, well, that was Connecticut that did the same thing. So very impressive. Congratulations to Gino Ariema and Kevin Ali. Obviously an amazing feat anytime something like that happens. And how about this, Wes? Combined, 13 of the last 19 men's and women's titles. Just incredible in stores. Amazing. That's, that's obviously a college basketball town. That's it for us. For Brad Bierman, this is Wes Chang reminding you that a computer once beat me at chess, but I got it back in kickboxing. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.